Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Ari Sarsalari, a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. I'm here with Jonathan Bellis, one of my favorite people in the newsroom. He's also a meteorologist. He happens to be kind of a tropical weather expert. And uh, today we're going to talk about how bad was Florence really? You know, maybe we'll compare it to some other storms. We'll talk about the ideas that maybe some people thought it was overhyped. Was it overhyped? Did we overforecast it? Uh, were there a lot of people that were really severely affected? How does it stack up against other storms? Could we have done things differently? Almost like a postmortem on Florence, kind of. So I want to start off with uh, when the storm was still out to sea. What was the history of the storm? Because I know, you know, generally when storms form around, um, you know, the west coast of Africa, um, and they get pretty strong when they're out there, then they will tend to, you know, kind of curve off toward the north. Not terribly often do you see a storm that just holds together all the way across the Atlantic and then eventually hits the U.S. Like, what was the history of the storm? This this had a really strange upper-level pattern. When we were south of Bermuda, we were talking still that this may go out to sea, maybe out to sea. Uh, however, there was a very strong high-pressure system that was located just off the uh, eastern seaboard and guided Florence right into the, the North Carolina coast, as we know. This system was, uh, even seven days out, was a very rare trajectory towards the coast. This was the first of its kind, so to speak. Um, most systems from south of Bermuda end up east of Bermuda or north of Bermuda uh, before ever even impacting the United States. So this was a, a very unique storm in that respect. Yeah, it definitely was. And, you know, another thing I remember about it was that it got really strong, right? I mean, it, it got up to Cat 4 status. And I remember it was just a monster out there on satellite looking at it. And a lot of the forecasts, which ended up, at least the you know directional forecast, actually ended up being pretty darn good from the Hurricane Center. Um, you know, there was talk about how this was going to be a major catastrophe. You know, we could have, uh, you know, I remember specifically talking about places like Myrtle Beach, Charleston are especially susceptible to storm surge. And it was forecast to, at one point to be a Category 3 when it was making landfall. Um how mu- how different would it have been if it was a Category 3 at landfall rather than a Category 1? The main difference would have been right around that landfall point, very near Wilmington. Uh, we, obviously, Wilmington got enormous amounts of rainfall. Um, but the major, major difference would have been the wind uh, at landfall point would have been... We're talking about 100 miles an hour close to landfall. Would have been, if it was a Category 3, 115, 120, however high it may have been. Um, The main difference would have been wind damage. So damage to shingles, damage to trees, uh, that sort of thing. So really the difference may have been small in the grand scheme of things where it would have been the main difference would have been Wilmington. Um, Whereas if you had talked about Raleigh or something like that more inland, you wouldn't have seen much of a difference at all. Wouldn't the storm surge have been much worse if it was Category 3 or no? Uh, It would have been a little bit higher. Um, We were talking maybe 10 or 11 feet uh, there in New Bern. Um, It may have been a few feet higher than that had it been uh, a stronger storm. However, it would have been still a very small localized area. So with storm surge, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm more asking you this, is is it it's more the duration of the storm, like how long it lasts that the storm surge can just continuously go on, or is it more this, just the pure strength of the storm that determines how bad that's going to be? Well, it's it's both. Um, uh, had this been a Category 4 from south of Bermuda all the way to the coast, um, it would have been a bigger a storm surge. We would have been talking about 15 to 20 feet. Uh, 
the it's that's something called fetch. You basically, uh, winds up a bunch of water and piles it in. Um, whereas if it had just intensified just before landfall, uh, then we would have had a smaller bubble uh, or hill of water, and then it, that would have smacked in the coast. So for people that aren't familiar, by the way, and I feel bad that we've kind of breezed over this, but storm surge is basically when parts of the coast become part of the ocean. It's just when the wind blows the ocean up onto land, and it looks, you know, sometimes it looks like flooding, uh, but in actuality, it's literally just the ocean being there. Like, you're just part of the ocean, which is why it's so incredibly damaging. So... You know, overall, how how bad did this storm end up being? I mean, obviously, we've covered it a lot. We kind of know the answers to this. But I want to, you know, as a meteorologist, especially one that works on air, and we're, you know, both of us are communicating with people as our job, I like to go back and, and just kind of see, do we think we did a good job of communicating things? Do we think we went overboard at any point? Did we overhype anything? Um, how do you think things went overall? I think the forecast... Couldn't have been any better. Let's say, uh, just from the Hurricane Center standpoint, the landfall point was only two miles uh, from where they had predicted it five days out. Can't get any better than that, I don't think. I agree. Um, the rainfall was especially well forecast. Um, I think the storm surge was well communicated. I think we. I think maybe we could have gotten it a little bit better. I think, uh, as we talked about a little while ago, we were talking uh, 10 to 15 feet early on in the forecast. Um, we ended up on the lower end of that range just because the intensity came down just a little bit uh, prior to landfall. So maybe something there to work on. Yeah, that was the only thing that, uh, for me looking back at least, that I feel like we might have over-forecasted a little bit was uh, the storm surge. Because I remember while I was covering it, I just expected to see more crazy storm surge video and it was uh in mo in most cases it was just it was these uh kind of isolated spots that that uh were dealing with the bad storm surge places like Newburn what what is it about Newburn by the way that makes them so susceptible to it so Newburn is a unique scenario we're on the far western side of Pamlico Sound um and it's kind of at the 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 peak of a river basin there and with north winds on the north side of this hurricane piled water right up that river. It's winds and, coming out of the north. Yes, yeah. yeah. And piled it right up that river and straight into Newburn. Uh, and it was multiple tide cycles. It was just, it was both the period um, of that storm surge coming up Pamlico Sound and also the uh, amount of water that came in to Newburn. It was uh, estimated between 10 and 11 feet uh, there in the city of Newburn. Jeez. And, and and that's the thing. I think a lot of people think that storm surge is just, um, it, it's only the ocean. But rivers can be affected too, right? Because these rivers are all kind of draining out into the ocean. And sometimes, so, so what you're saying basically is that the river was flowing in one direction and the wind made it flow in a different direction so much that it actually piled up more water in there. Yeah, absolutely. And that unfortunately dumped right into a major city. Or, so, well, rel relatively big city. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a city with a decent amount of people that were really heavily affected. So with storm surge, are, are places like inlets and sounds and things like that, are they a little bit more susceptible as opposed to just the straight up coastline, even if it's um, low in elevation? Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about Charleston there for a second. Charleston is in one of those areas that when water gets pumped in, can't come back out, but it piles up um, kind of like a V-shape. You shove water 
uh, inland and it goes right up into a city. Unfortunately, Charleston's right at the edge of a river there as well. And you talk about the same thing we had Sandy with uh, piling up water into New York Harbor. That was actually kind of when when my friends were asking me about this storm, you know, when I was not at work, um, I was I was kind of comparing it to that, even though obviously, you know, Sandy, I think it was a little bigger. It hit a much more heavily populated area. I knew a lot more people were affected by Sandy. But, you know, I said, don't think of the storm like a Hugo. Think of it more like a Sandy. It's just like a big storm that's going to sit there and just pile water in for a couple of days. It's going to be a really big disaster for a lot of people. Um, you know, I think one of the unique things about Florence was the fact that it dumped so much rain and then you had a long lasting storm surge event. Not only, you know, I'm not necessarily saying it was the most crazy high storm surge in the world for some places it was, it could have been a more widespread, really bad storm surge disaster. But the fact that the wind was blowing in from the ocean onto land while all these rivers were swelling up from the rain and the water was trying to get out, but it literally had nowhere to go because the wind was going the opposite direction. That's pretty uniquely bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the, the New Bern did get a lot of heavy rainfall. Uh, the one good side of this this scenario between uh, storm surge and rainfall is that the rainfall is ac- actually maximized over Wilmington, uh, a good bit south of where New Bern is. So that that center didn't quite match up between the storm surge with the 10 to 11 feet there in New Bern and the uh, 30 plus inches of rainfall there in in Wilmington. Um, Had that storm surge been a little bit higher in Wilmington, we would have been talking instead of an island of Wilmington, which is what it became, um, would have been underwater completely. Yeah, let's talk about some of these specific effects. You know, people, I think when we talk about hurricanes, people want to know what was the worst of it. And maybe, you know, for people that live inland that don't deal with hurricanes very often and you keep hearing about it on the news and everybody's talking about, it, oh, my God, there's this big hurricane coming. And you're expecting to see images of just, you know, roofs flying off of buildings and just places completely underwater nonstop. How much of that type of stuff did we see with Florence? Like, I want to get into the nitty gritty of what were the real, like, what were some of the worst effects that Florence had? I think the imagery that will stick with me is the interstate there, Interstate 40, being completely underwater. And then just days ago, um, with the hundreds of fish littered across the interstate, um, and then obviously with Wilmington becoming an island, that, that was crazy. It was something, one of those things that you can't, as a meteorologist, really predict or forecast. They had to bring stuff in by plane, right? Yeah, helicopter. Oh, my gosh. Um, because you, there was no real airport that was accessible to plane. land, yeah. 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 <laughs> So that was crazy to me. Yeah, there's that. I know I-95 was shut down in in a spot. I mean, you're talking huge interstates. You know, 40 and 95 are superbly heavily traveled. So there was that. Um, How many places got really badly affected by storm surge? I mean, obviously we know that New Bern dealt with it. There were a good chunk of that city that was underwater. Um, Are there any other places that were really heavily affected by that? New Bern is the biggest city on the western side of Pamlico Sound. Um, There were... There were other inlets that were there, but the cities were considerably smaller. Um, so New Bern will be the headlines for the rest of the storm in terms of storm surge. But there were definitely other towns and other uh, localized villages, so to speak. Do you think if Florence would have hit the northeast in the same – if Florence took the same path as Sandy, what do you think the effects would have been in the northeast? Similar or not as bad? Um, I think – well, if – 
we had made landfall there in New Jersey, uh, New York Sound would have been, I don't think it would have been as bad as Sandy was with inundating southern, southern parts of lower Manhattan, that sort of thing. But we would have had some increased storm surge, probably would have been 15 feet, but that's all hearsay. Yeah, yeah, no, it totally is. I know I'm kind of springing that on you. Um, speaking of comparisons, I know we had written an article recently on weather.com about this, but um, I'm kind of curious in the comparison between Florence and Harvey because... They're two similar systems in the way that they're going to be remembered probably for the amount of rain that they dropped, uh, historic rain totals. Obviously, that you know, it doesn't matter what part of the country or world that kind of rain falls in. You're going to not only have flash flooding, but after the flash flooding goes down, you're going to have river flooding. And uh, we're recording this um, the week of September 25th, and there's still a ton of river flooding going on, and the rivers are even still rising in some spots. And this is over a week after Florence hit. I mean, I knew that the rivers were going to rise a good deal after, but I didn't think this late. I mean, this is very, very impressive. How does how does Florence compare to Harvey? And I know Harvey was a Category 4 at landfall. That was the type of storm that we saw some real crazy video from of, you know, just legitimate Category 4, you know, sustained wind over like 130 miles an hour. And... um you know, really big storm surge and all that stuff. But how do the two compare? Well, let's take 20 inches here, uh, which occurred in both storms, obviously. Uh, the area that received 20 inches of rainfall from Florence occurred over the entire area of New Jersey. Let's put 20 inches of rain all over New Jersey. Everybody okay. everybody in the state of New, New Jersey gets 20 inches. That's what happened in Florence. Now you put that 20 inches over uh, South Carolina, all of South Carolina. That's what they got in uh, in Harvey. So about South three Carol- times as much. South Carolina is way bigger than New Jersey. Yes, it's about three times as big. <laughs> Man, so Harvey was it just had a lot more rain in it that it dumped basically. Yes, yeah. Um, it also had higher levels of flooding, so they had 60 inches there in Harvey, whereas the top rainfall total was probably in the neighborhood of 30 to or 35 to maybe 40 inches of rainfall in Florence. How much did Harvey have again? A little over 62, I think. 62 inches of rain in one spot. That's just absolutely absolutely insane. And that's a spot that's, you know, dealt with a couple events like this. You think back to Allison. Um, what year was that again? I can't even That remember. was uh, 2001. Oh, one. That's right. And that was a tropical storm. Yes. It was just a yep. ton of rain. Yep. Um, yeah, Houston's a spot that's definitely dealt with really bad flooding a couple times. So, once again, going back to Florence. So, let's talk about all the different... Um, effects that it had, right? So we we talked a little bit about uh, storm surge. Was there significant wind damage at all? Uh, Wind damage will be probably the bottom of the barrel story um, in terms of impacts from the system. They had quite a few gusts, uh, 100 miles an hour plus. Yeah, those were Um, legit. Yeah, Yeah. out out on the outer outer banks there in Cape Hatteras. Um, But thankfully, I haven't seen anything wowed me, so to speak. It was just measured gusts uh, by automated stations. Okay. So the wind damage wasn't too bad. Storm surge was bad in spots. Obviously, the the rain, just the amount of water that fell out of the sky, caused a lot of flash flooding issues, and now we've got the river flooding issues. So what's the deal with the river flooding? Like, how long is this stuff going to last? The river flooding will probably take another week. Um, there's still some major flooding going on, uh, coastal South Carolina, I believe still southeastern North Carolina as those rivers drop down from where all that rainfall took place. So all that rainfall took place upstate South Carolina, northern North Carolina, and all those rivers pretty much drain south or southeastward. 
Um, so that that water that fell ten days ago is now falling or coming down into Myrtle Beach, Charleston, um, and back into the Wilmington area. It takes a while. Oh yeah, that's the crazy thing with river flooding events is that you know very often. Uh, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of this when I worked in, like, the Ohio Valley. I used to work in Huntington, West Virginia, right there on the river. That is – it's something to see, like, with your own eyes. It's uh, it's one of those things that you kind of have to be there to appreciate it and understand what it really is. I mean, this river that you just see every day, all of a sudden it is just huge. It's just swelled up, and it's covering up everything in its path. The Ohio River was one that I'd seen it on before. And, you know, it's so different from flash flooding because flash flooding is like, okay, it rains – there's just that much rain that falls on the ground, and the ground can't handle anymore, and the water just has nowhere to go. This is more like it could literally rain like 100 miles away, or you could get snow melt from 100 miles away. And it, if it drains down into the rivers where you live, the river is going to yeah, and swell keep, up. Keep in mind, this Florence has been gone now for a week across the Carolinas. The skies are now bright and blue, and these rivers are rising. Um, it's kind of a silent killer. Um because these rivers are rising, as you said, uh, and there's no rain to speak of. Um, and there is some rain coming in now with this separate invest. But for the most part, it's blue skies and rivers rising. Yeah, so. absolutely. And so looking back on this thing, I know you said that you think it was very well forecast, and I, I do too. Do you think we did a good job of um, of the messaging? And when I say we, I just mean the media in general. And if you want to make some... Uh, you know, like comparisons between maybe how we covered it. You know, I had seen certain stuff out there like, you know, I remember one quote. I can't remember who it was. Uh, this is going to be the thing of nightmares. It's going to be it's a worst case scenario, you know. But, I mean, this, this is a place that dealt with Hugo. You know, how how would you say it compares to Hugo? Uh, I think it depends on who you would ask. Yeah, it's a different um, beast, too. If If you ask somebody in Charleston... It would be this was an easy storm because right. they had basically nothing there. In They're Charleston. probably upset that they got um, uh, evacuated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, if you ask somebody in Wilmington, this was much worse than Hugo. Um, I think one of the biggest messaging challenges we had with this storm was the actual Saffir Simpson scale, um, the scale that rates whether it was a Category One or a Category Three. Um, I think John Erdman uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, a couple of days out by calling this a Category 5 flood storm. Um, he, he, that was at the top of our articles, and that's exactly what this ended up being. Um, it literally turned Wilmington into an island, whereas if you look at the winds, which are the official scale by the National Hurricane Center, this was a Category 1 hurricane. Uh, and nobody will remember the winds from this storm, I don't right. think. Yeah, I think you're right about that, and that's actually something that I would I would like to do a whole other podcast on that. I'll I'll do I think we we should do one about that about the Saffir Simpson scale in general because there are a lot of meteorologists that don't like it. I think it's kind of a crappy scale because it only factors in wind, and you know the biggest killer in storms is in these storms is storm surge, you know flooding that type of stuff. So so overall. Um, Gosh, I mean, it was a really bad storm. How about uh, money uh, damages? Do we know anything about that yet? I know one governor, I think South Carolina, said it was going to be a, over a billion. Yeah, I think a billion dollars is definitely going to happen. Um, I've seen some estimates over $40 billion. But I think it'll it'll take another six months before we sort that sort of thing out. Did you say $40 billion? $40 billion. Oh, my goodness. Um, th- keep in mind, this is one another big uh, change from what we had in Harvey. 
Uh, Harvey, the lead up, we were talking about oil and that sort of thing in southeast Texas, Houston, a uh, huge oil mecca. In North Carolina, it's all about agriculture. Um, we've we've been talking about uh, refinements. It's uh, an interesting and, side story, you're yeah, right? Um, with a lot of cattle, uh, I think one of the biggest stories, and I was slightly confused when it was announced um, in the days coming up to Florence, but there was a state of emergency for agriculture in North Carolina, and this was to move agriculture, get uh, the hogs and the cows and whatnot to market before the storm hit or to move them out of the state. Something wow. I, I didn't think of, and I was slightly confused by it, and now I understand it. Um, as you remember back in Matthew, uh, just the agricultural losses were huge in Matthew, um, just, again, because of the flooding. And we're seeing that same thing again. I don't. I haven't heard any official numbers, and again, it'll probably be a while before we hear any numbers on uh the billions of dollars in agricultural loss. Uh, what was what was causing the loss of life in this particular storm? And I believe it's over forty people that it uh, has killed. At least uh, we're attributing uh, deaths to the storm. So, like, what has it been from the storm that killed people? Um, I haven't seen a, a an official breakdown. Again, it'll be a little while, but I would almost guess that most of those deaths would be water. Right, which is no surprise there. Meaning um, what? Meaning rainfall. Uh, storm surge. I haven't seen uh, uh, location by location death yeah. toll sort of thing, but I saw at least one of uh, somebody that was driving through flooded roadways, and you know I always try to harp on this one. Um, it is it is just literally the easiest way to die when it as it relates to the weather. If you see water on a road, just don't drive through it. I know you just want to kind of follow the pack and do your thing, but and I will tell you if you're gonna do it. Don't have it be in a situation where the water's moving. If you look across the road and there's any moving water and it doesn't look like it's much, there's so many people that will just drive into that and then end up dying. And you you have no idea if that road's still there in that right. scenario. Yeah, it's amazing how many times I've seen video of that and a car just gets swept away and uh, it's, it's just really bad. Um, okay, what else? You got anything else we need to cover here? I think we hit it all, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so overall, pretty well forecast storm. Maybe we could have done a little bit of a better job with the messaging on the storm surge. But, you know, kind of tough because it did kind of um, lose a little bit of strength as it got closer. Um, the other thing that I was expecting, and correct me if I'm wrong before we go, I remember seeing these forecast models of how the storm was going to be just set up there for a couple of days, and it was. And it did dump a lot of rain where expected, but I was expecting the storm surge to be more uh, prolonged. But I guess maybe it wasn't as prolonged as I thought because it lost strength as far as the wind goes quicker or what? Well, if you ask... People in uh, Virginia Beach, even New Jersey, they had storm surge all the way up the coast. Wow. Um, and especially in Virginia, up to the uh, Potomac, um, all the way up to Baltimore, they had flooding even two, er, from storm surge even two days later. Basically, all you need, guys, for storm surge is just wind blowing from the ocean onto land, right? Yeah, and that's – we had – both a new moon, which raises uh, the tide levels, and also that onshore wind. Because even as Florence moved into uh, South Carolina and farther western North Carolina, those winds were still onshore across good parts of the mid-Atlantic. So that water did stay up um, that far north. Are you from New York originally? You say across. That's a thing. Across. 
I know a family from Rochester, and they say that too. It's totally not not the correct word, and it's not even yeah. a word. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I just. Uh, <laughs> what, what part? Of, what part of New York are you from? Elmira, New York, but to okay. our south of Up, Syracuse. It's an upstate. It's an upstate yeah. New York thing. Across. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I can't believe I actually just guessed that from that one word. <laughs> All right. So overall, with Florence, um, yeah, pretty well forecast. Uh, certain things that we could have done better here and there, but you know, I just I just like to be careful sometimes because I get I get the mindset of hey, if we don't say it's going to be serious, people aren't going to take it seriously. I get that, but I also think you know a situation like this, if we say hey, this is going to be the end of the world, storm surge forever, and you know, obviously it was really bad for a lot of people, but then what are you going to do when there's a category four or category five? That is going to be a literal nightmare scenario where you know that hundreds of people are going to die. And, you know, I just it's very tough. I mean, how do you think you message that? I think the word we've had this discussion before here, IBM, um, the word catastrophic, we have used it so many times in the last year. You're right. Um, and it's kind of losing its meaning. I mean, obviously, with the three hurricanes, Harvey, Irma and Maria last year, it was well warranted. In all three of those situations, um, but when I think of catastrophic, I think of Maria. Yeah, I'm not saying that Florence wasn't catastrophic for a lot of people, you know, sure. because it really was. Sure. I mean, you think sure. about how many people lost their livelihoods and are uh, having to start from scratch. It, it's serious business, and I mean, it killed over 40 people. It was a catastrophic sure. storm for a lot of people, but you know, just as a general messaging thing for a lot of people, maybe. I don't know. It's it's just it's a tough nut to crack, really. If you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to talk to the social science experts and see uh, what we can do a little bit better with those high end words, uh, catastrophic, life threatening, that sort of thing, and see if there's a line there. Um, oh yeah, life threatening is thrown around like nothing nowadays. Well, I mean, in it, most situations, it's it, warranted it, when it's, it's warranted. used. Yeah, but. You know, there are a lot of things that are life-threatening. Right. You know, a, a severe storm with 60-mile-an-hour winds can be life-threatening. Right. It could knock a tree on your house. Right. Um, you know, we've done other podcasts on this. If you kind of scroll back, I think we did one. I think I did one with Erdman a while ago on severe storms where we talked a lot about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that would be another good idea for a podcast, maybe a social science thing. Maybe we can get Dr. Laura Myers in here or something like that. All right, Bellis, thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem.